Aloha and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Got Your Six podcast. This six-question podcast brings together high performers to share their methods, strategies, and ideas delivered in an informative and, most importantly, actionable way that'll help you lead yourself and those around you from the battlefield to the boardroom. Coming to you every episode, I'm your host, Tony Nash. And into the breach. Nothing mentioned on this podcast is an endorsement or opinion of the Department of Defense. I got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. I got your six. I don't know what you've been told. The views we have are all our own. Yes, we serve the DOD. But my opinions come from me. Alright Sixers, today is an absolutely special episode. Drew Mayville, the Special Operations Equipment Product Manager from Beaverfit North America is here. Drew is an absolute true American in all the sense. We're going to dive into his bio right now, but a great friend. We've known each other, you know, going on almost two decades. Uh, we go way back. But Drew Mayville is a United States Army Special Operations veteran, leader, and tactical trainer. Like I said, he's the product manager over at Beaverfit North America for their Special Operations Division, which is a veteran-owned firm manufacturing supplies, functional, and tactical training equipment to the military first responders athletic clubs and universities. If you've seen the Tricons around, that's a Beaver Fit box. Uh, and they are just absolutely built to withstand anything you throw at them. Drew is passionate about building successful teams using innovative techniques and leadership skills he's learned in multiple tours in combat. You see Drew a lot, on, especially on LinkedIn, where he regularly honors fallen soldiers and comrades and shares the latest news when it comes to Beaver Fit. Drew actually recently just transitioned out less than a year ago from the military. He supports the Green Beret Foundation and the Special Operations Warrior Foundation. He obtained his bachelor's degree in 2010 with me at the United States Military Academy at West Point. Like his dad and older brother, he joined the U.S. Army where he served for more than a decade as a red leg, a fire support officer, a platoon leader, and then later going SF as attachment commander with 7th Special Forces Group and has deployed to Afghanistan and El Salvador. True. Welcome on to the show, brother. Yes, man, that was a very, very nice intro. Uh, made me sound a lot cooler than I am. This is the same Drew Mayville that I've seen on Back of Horsebacks, just looking like he came off of that, uh, what was that movie, 12, 12 Horses, when they first invaded Afghanistan? Uh, 12 Strong. 12 yeah. Strong. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little cringy, but... They were, all are, for, uh, for the most part. There's a handful that are, are good, but it's still like... Yeah, we gotta take a page out of the Navy SEALs book on uh, how to get it right in Hollywood. But yeah, man, I uh, appreciate you not adding barely graduated out of West Point. <laughs> More realistic. You know what's really cool about a diploma, man, is it doesn't ever say where in the class you graduated. It just says that you completed it, just like any other like military school or whatever. One hundred percent. I don't think there's enough white space on the diploma to put how I many. Digits. I wasn't, you know, in class ranking. Nobody ever remembers that, man. It's about the top. You got out, got out of there alive. There we, 
And that's, you know what, at the end of the day, that's what matters. So recently transitioning out of active duty service, uh, what do you say is like one skill or ability or talent that you're currently working on, you know, now that you're kind of slightly hung up your boots? So one of the skills that I'm working on right now is less about like the professional world and more about the, uh, you know, my personal life. And that's living more in the moment. And that's something that I learned through this whole like transition out of active duty. It's been a kind of a crazy year. Um, I, I lucked out and landed a really sweet job, you know, like, as you said, at Beaver Fit, veteran owned and operated, uh, one of the best teams I've ever been on. Uh, I know it's rockier for some people, but, you know, if I'm being completely honest, it, there was some pretty dark times, that whole transition thing. And one of the things that I'm trying to do is value today, you know, and, and live more in the present and not for the weekends like I used to. I mean, you only get you know, so many Mondays, right? Like people complain about Mondays, but hey, bro, you only get fucking a finite amount of Mondays and then you're done. So I've got, got a great job. I'm still playing Green Beret on the weekends. Uh, I've got, you know, still on an ODA, which is awesome. I live now in where I consider paradise, St. Pete, Florida, working remote, getting to travel, uh, you know, pretty often. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just soaking it all in and, you know, enjoying my time and really being present. Um, I think that's something I've learned just recently over the last year. And that's such a wonderful thing to, like, be so self-aware of that you're, you're trying, you're not living for, like, something in the future, but you're, you're content with what's going on in the moment. What, what do you use to kind of like ground you or like kind of bring you back if you stray away from like living too far forward or too far in the, behind? Yeah. Well, you know where it started from was being at point, especially like your plebe year yeah. where you get like one pass or something. You know, I'm a, I was a double century man. So like I never got passed, but you get like one thing to look forward to. So a century man, what is that? We'll, we'll say, you know, West point is uh They've got their own set of rules, yeah. right? Some of them are a little archaic and outdated or whatever. Uh, but to keep saying, I broke a lot of West Point rules. And, you know, the thing about West Point is as long as you don't lie about it, you can survive anything. So I never broke the law, but I broke West Point, you know, Hogwarts made up, made up rules. So you earn, I guess, uh, walking tours or you just, you know, you put on your Civil War looking uniform and you grab a rifle and march hours up and down, up and down. That eats up your weekend. Yeah. And it just sits on your shoulder. And just you're walking. It's on your shoulder. Yep. Absolutely. Down in the pavement. Yeah. So that's pretty much how I spent most of my Saturdays. But uh, yeah. But when I did it, you know, you get fixated on things at West Point. Like, you know, we're all guilty of it. It's like, hey, in six weeks, we get this or that, like spring break, or like we get to take that one pass. You build it up in your head and like it's all you think about. And you sometimes get blinders and you miss a lot of the cool things that are going on. Now, granted, at West Point, there were not a lot of cool things going on day to day. But, you know, that, that's where that habit came from. And then the military is the same thing. You know, I mean, we don't have the bases in like the coolest locations unless you're T Nash and get to go to Hawaii. I, mean, I was at Fort Drum. You know, I picked that's where I started. We were there together. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, that's right. That's that's where it all started. You know, Fort Silva before that, where we were there together as well. So, yeah, anyways, you're always looking for like, hey, what's next? And then, you know, when you get out of West Point, it's like, oh, my buddy's getting married. So it's like this wedding's going to be awesome. And like there's really you're, you're looking forward to, you know, all the stuff that's yet to come sort of missing out on the day to day. So I was kind of doing that around here when I moved to Florida. Um, you know, it's still like, oh, man, this event is coming up. That event's coming up. I'm looking forward to deployment next year or training or traveling. It's like, dude, chill out. There's so much shit going on around you like enjoy where you're at right now, you know, at this time. 
it took coming out of the military for you to kind of realize that um, when you like reflected back on your time. For sure. Because not only is, have, like we said in the, you know, when we opened, did you go to West Point? You've been in the army for a long time, but you, you were raised in the military, like with your dad uh, and his military service. Absolutely. Yeah. Wasn't your grandfather also in? Yeah. My mom's dad uh, was a class of 60 at West Point. And then my dad's dad was a uh, field artillery officer, officer turned Green Beret. So got a little bit of me and my brother both were, you know, red legs, as you said, started out in field artillery and then went SF. And then, uh, you know, we went to West Point. So we, those are two things we share with both of our grandfathers. That's so, that's so cool to like have that lineage go back so far and that like same shared like common values and like every, you know, it's all like, obviously everybody has their own like different experiences and stuff, but would you say there's like one thing that you've kind of implemented, not only from like just being in the military, but like being raised in the military that you kind of implement daily? Absolutely. And ironically enough, it's this like semblance of like a regimented schedule. So, you know, while I lack so much discipline at West Point, uh, what I find today as an adult, as I get older, is I actually need a general flow and schedule of things. It doesn't have to be super tight, but um, and it's not because I'm disciplined. It's, it's because I think I'm lazy by nature. So I, I'm a guy who has checklists. I'm a guy who, you know, I still get up early. I still PT. I have this sort of daily routine that I need on my Monday through Friday uh, just to keep me active and to keep me kind of on the, you know, uh, productive side of things. Uh, that's something that's carried over. Um, you know, it's it's not super, super strict. But it's definitely that, that alarm goes off. And that's like, that's the first, you know, firefighter of the day. It's like, get up, feet on the ground, get the fuck out of bed. Boom. And like, I work from home, so there's really no rush. But it's like, all right, motherfucker, you need to go run, right? You need to take the dog out. You need to get on emails, get all that stuff done, working for a West Coast team. And I've got a team in the UK, you know, so there's some time difference battles. And it's just making the most of that time. So I do have this kind of set schedule um, throughout the, uh, the work day. And it just keeps me disciplined, especially working from, from home, working remote. That's something new for me. Uh, I've always had a team room or, you know, a platoon room or something to go to. But now it's like I'm by myself. I didn't know how I'd be. And, you know, just whatever little bit of discipline I kept from West Point and from the military, it hung with me. And it's, it's, it's made it a lot easier. You said the first firefighter of the day is when the alarm goes off. And I absolutely love that because it's true. Like you, that's your first decision. You're like, all right. How do I want to approach this day? What am I going in? Am I going to go in and like really kind of attack it and be mindful? Like you said, or is it going to be like, I'm going to give it five more minutes before I'm ready. Like when you're in combat, you don't have time to be like, Hey, can you guys just give us like 10 minutes before we kind of like do this? We're not ready. Yeah. 100% man. I mean, I wake up in the, you know, in the morning and I'm just like, all right, motherfucker, what, what excuses do you have today? You know? And then uh, it's that battle. Sometimes it's easy, you know, sometimes it's harder, but like getting up and getting going is the first thing. Um, and that really sets the tempo and tone for the day. Cause then it's like, all right, I got to go run the dog. Right. I've got a Rhodesian Ridge back and he's got a lot of energy. He needs the exercise. And I, I do too. So then we'll, you know, go for a run and it's so much easier. It's like, well, you're already up. So you might as well go run. Right. All right. And then you ran. So it's like, all right, do you have some coffee? You're already up. You already ran like, Hey, let's knock out some emails. All right, cool. You know, and then it, th- that all just carries itself throughout the day. And then the afternoon, you know, because it can be a slippery slope the other way. Then the afternoon, you're like, all right, well, I got up and ran. You know, I had a good breakfast. I- I'm b- I've been productive. I might as well round out the day with a good lift. And then you lift, right? 
But all of that could be the inverse if you're like, you know, you didn't get up. And this is kind of how my mind works. I didn't get up on time. So like, oh, well, I don't really have time to run. Let me get right to work. And then it's like, oh, I should go drag myself to the gym. It's like, well, what? I mean, chalk this day up as a loss. Man, I have those those days. You know, it's like, well, I mean, what's the point? You know, so yeah, it all starts with getting up out of bed and then having a general flow to the day. A general flow that, and I say general and a flow, you know, it's got to be a set schedule because you need to be able to adapt and, you know, adjust and, and, and pivot when need be. And then also like you embrace that white space, right? So sometimes it is good to just have like, nothing going on you know and you can kind of think and like process absolutely and it goes back to like yeah living in the moment or whatever and like enjoying the present and you know enjoying where i'm at so it's like all right man i've got a lull in the day or something like that i can call one of my teammates talk through some stuff but i'm going to do it outside with the dog take the dog for a walk here in sunny florida go down by the water you know things like that and then as a leader right you're able to see like that that grander vision because you're not everything's not a knife fight, right? You're able to kind of like look out beyond the horizon. Yeah. I mean, you're ready for it. You're almost taking a step back and seeing the big picture, which is important. You know, I still head up a team at Beaver Fit and uh, making decisions and giving them some guidance and supporting them where I can and being able to separate myself a little bit because I'm prepared for the day. Um, You know, and I see the big picture, I owe it to them. Yeah. Like you said, like you now, you not only have an ODA that you're still responsible for, you have a team at Beaver Fit that you're responsible for. And that, that's just been within the last year. So let's look, let's look back like the last five years, right? What has been like a new belief or behavior that has really kind of improved your life and allowed you to continue that momentum forward to get to where you are today and then where you want to go in the future? Yeah, this started actually as I was transitioning. So it's probably... You know, it started, it started probably two years out from transitioning. Um, and then uh, it's, it's really taken roots uh, this last year. And it's just learning to like prioritize myself. Um, so, you know, in the military, you know, I, I still have a leg in with the uh, you know, 20th group, but in the military, it's all about selfless service. And it has to be volunteer force. You know, you walk into an ODA before you, a team room before you even, you know, know anybody's name. You're like, I'll die for you. I'll die for you. I'll die for you. I'll die for you. You got, you know, duty on our country briefs well. It doesn't necessarily translate into the civilian world. You have to kind of switch over to almost a mercenary mindset because money's not everything, but it is a thing. Uh, you got to start looking out for numero uno, which is a kind of a foreign concept to us in the military, you know, but that's just how the civilian wor- world works. Now, again, I-, I work for a company veteran, veteran owned and operated. So a lot of those values are still there. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, shared beliefs and it wasn't a, complete tra- drastic, uh, you know, 180, but, um, yeah, you really got to just, you know, build your estate, uh, and look out for your own interests because you don't have this giant, powerful, big green army machine doing it for you. Um, definitely be proud of where you came from, um, and that you, you know, how you served and that those values of duty on our country or the army values, you know, they don't disappear, appreciate them, but you have to adapt new values. And it really starts with making yourself the center of gravity um, and then add to that, you know, as you know, if you get married, have kids, whatever the case may be, but really you got to take a hard look at, you know, what you want in life and go get it. It starts with accepting that like, Hey, you're the priority for however long you need to be the priority through this transition. I mean, that's what we learned at West Point, right? During certain, like with servant leadership, you're not in an airplane. If there's an, you know, God forbid there's an emergency the oxygen mask and it's not like, Hey, go around and put everybody else's oxygen mask on first. Like you have to take care of yourself first before you can lead, even think to lead others. Absolutely. And it's, it rings true. Like, 
I'm glad I started thinking about that early and I didn't come on, uh, come up with that on my own. You know, someone guys that, you know, leaned into that would already transitioned out, gave me that advice, but you know, my last day at seventh group, I'm up there, you know, signed out. I already have the beard going and shaking hands and saying goodbye and telling stories. And then all of a sudden it's just like, they all look at their watch. Like, Oh, we got a command and staff meeting. Or like, I got to go to a range. Like, Oh, see you later. And then you just like, well, that's it. Huh? Like that's the way it has to be. It's designed to be that way, you know? Yeah. It, it doesn't matter who you are. And from a private to a general, whatever, um, you know, that thing keeps on turning and keeps on moving forward with or without you. Like, thanks for your service, but see you later. So, you know, had I not been thinking of already prioritized myself and, you know, looking at what's next and looking out for numero uno, like I said, like that might've hit me a little bit differently, but I totally accept it. It's the way it has to be. And you've talked a lot about different influences to kind of that have gotten to you to who is Drew Mayville. Has there been like a book or a course or like, I don't know, something, someone that has really like greatly influenced your life to like allow you to see like that super leadership, like the army is going to keep rolling along at the end of the day, but taking yeah. care of yourself and not specifically that instance, but like, you know, that has really greatly influenced you to become the leader that you are. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sure a lot of people say this, but I, I'd have to actually say ranger school. And the reason I say that, sure, I've done harder things, um, but that was the first hard thing I did um, coming out of West Point, um, you know, as an artillery officer where you don't have to go and I really expected to go and whatnot. Um, but it was the first hard thing I did. And, you know, as a cadet, and you know, my dad was in the ranger regiment and all that stuff is like, oh, that's so unattainable because, you know, I'm just me. Um, and then I just put myself out there and I, you know, successfully completed it. And I learned a lot of lessons about myself and leadership. But really what it did, you know, was it gave me this confidence to, to put myself out there more and try to serve at the highest capacity I could. Um, and I don't think I would have gone to, you know, special forces selection had I not done ranger school. It just made things seem more achievable, uh, and it gave me the confidence I needed uh, moving forward in my career. Ranger School is such a crucible moment that, like, even the farther you get away, you can always go back to it uh, and say, like, hey, I did this, right? With Whatever is in front of me, I did this, and I have that momentum, just like you said, when you wake up in the morning, right? You, you get up and you're going, and you use that momentum you've already built to propel you forward. For sure. Right. You never look and be like, I went to ranger school. I can't do this. Like, that never comes out of anybody's mouth. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's also, you know, whether it's subconscious or just, you know, it's, it's blatant, but like, once you have a ranger tab, people expect more from you. Uh, and then, you know, you can carry that onto yourself as well. So it's like, motherfucker, I have a ranger. Get the fuck out of bed, dude. You know what I mean? So that's where it all started though. So you touched about like ranger school really being that first time you put yourself out there. Like it wasn't like, yeah, you suffered like some failure and setbacks at West Point and elsewhere along, but it was really that time where you like, you jump and you don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Um, right. What failure would you look at has ultimately led to your greatest success? I think that, you know, I've never had really one giant success. I have a bunch of micro successes and I love my failures, maybe some macro failures, but, uh, um, you know, for the purpose of this conversation, one of the things I wanted to share, and I was, was hoping we'd get to it, was that a lesson I learned that that stemmed from failure. Um, and it just this one line uh, that that I heard, you know, at the end of it all, really, I carried 
carried me forward. And I think it led to some of those smaller successes, um, at least gave me the right mindset in a lot of situations. And you know, this, it was uh, during SFAS, which is you know Special Forces Assessment and Selection. Um, it was the last week, which is our team week, which you know people have probably seen on documentaries or whatnot or experienced themselves uh, for a variety of reasons. I think that's the most crucial week of selection. It's the one that makes the most sense. But a lot of the other things are check the blocks and whatnot. This is taking a bunch of strangers, making them work together and, and see how they work on a team, which is really just the backbone and DNA of special forces, small unit tactics. Um, so really what they do is they throw a bunch of candidates together um, and they, you know, give them collective tasks, which are going to be physically and mentally demanding. And for example, they're going to give you a bunch of like pipes and ropes and like three tires that aren't the same size and one's flat. And they're like, Hey, you have to move these sandbags or, you know, water cans, this insane distance and through this terrible terrain, make it happen. You build these like, you know, apparatuses and, and whatnot to, to get it done. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a really good team. We were crushing it. Um, I mean, we just, we were coming in first or second on every event and, you know, we were kind of getting a big head about things. And then towards the end, there was one event. I just had dudes that could build things. You know, I think I had some kid who graduated from like MIT as an 18 X-ray now, and he was just getting shit done. But uh, then we had this, you know, the last event or second to last event was two telephone poles, these giant telephone poles and uh, some ropes. And we had to carry them a certain distance. And we spent so much time wrapping the ropes around it and trying to make good grips and, you know, trying to make it easy. We were doing all this shit to make it easy so we could get done faster. And, you know, we just couldn't do anything that, that, that made it easier. And then, you know, the bickering happens and then the arguing happens and then people are getting hurt and complaining and then, you know, just feeling sorry for ourselves. So we went from, you know, being like first and second and everything to coming in hours after the sun gets down, you know, like we are dead last, uh, the cadre there are pissed at us and, all this stuff. So, you know, we try to hot wash it, do an AAR and um, again, more bickering and blaming and everyone's just, you know, in a shitty mood talking about like, how we, you know, we weren't working together, blah, 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 whatever. But, you know, one of our classmates, so I won't name because he's still an operational Green Beret. But one of our classmates just calmly waits his turn to talk. And then he just says, hey, look, here's the issue. We spent so much time and effort to make it easier when what we should have done was just accepted that this shit is going to be fucking hard. We just get it done. Anyway. So our failures weren't, weren't that we couldn't move the thing. We could have just carried it, right? It would have been painful. We could have just carried it and got it done. We, we put so much emphasis on the failures of not being able to make it easier. And that's where, you know, our downfall was as a team. And that's just something that stuck with me for years. And I thought it was a really powerful and brilliant thing to, to say. Um, and, it, you know, I think it was received well. I think we maybe had one more day of events and you know, guys definitely had taken that to heart and just worked on, you know, gutting it out. Sometimes you just got to put your head down and keep fucking rocking, you know? Yeah. I'm blown away. I'm to the point of almost being speechless, which isn't really good for a podcast. Uh, white noise is never a good thing. Right. But that is just so inspirational, motivational, and just like, that's, that's raw shit, man. Yeah, it's an easy one to, to remember too. It's short and sweet and, it, and it's so applicable to so many different things. You know, I think it's good to look for, you know, think outside the box and, you know, work smarter, not harder, all that shit. Sometimes you just got to fucking get it done and it's going to suck. And as soon as you can get over the fact that it's going to suck, I think, uh, you know, the, the quicker you're going to get to the end. 
Yeah, you're almost like you like you said, you brace for it. Like you know this is gonna suck. And I've and, and now that I'm thinking about it, I've gone through you know, we've all gone through shit in life, but like when you acknowledge up front, you're like, yeah, this is gonna kick me right in the fucking mouth. And you know what? It's it's there's no two ways about it. Like I can't make this any easier. I'm just gonna have to go right into the breach and take it, you know, right in the face. That's incredible. I absolutely love that. And that's something I'm gonna put on the board behind me. Yeah, it's just so in your face and it's the truth. It's like, hey man, you're gonna taste blood on this one. It's like, well, fucking bring it on. Let's do it. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So then going through all these things and having these micro wins, you're stacking the wins, right? We even have a part on the show at the end where people write in and they like stack their wins, right? Even no matter how small, like, you know, a job promotion, or I did, you know, I graduated here, or I was able to do this thing where I pushed myself. And the wall moved a little bit forward where I, you know, I've now become a little bit better of a person. How are you better than yesterday? Uh, you know, I think I'm better than yesterday because, you know, I, I know there's always a tomorrow. And what I mean by that is, you know, there's always a tomorrow until there's not. Right. So it doesn't really matter what happened yesterday because you could have failed or you could have been wildly successful that one's fucking over. That round's left the chamber. That play is over onto the next play, right? And that's, you know, applicable in combat or, you know, if you missed a workout because you're hungover or you fucked up a presentation at work or maybe you crushed all those things. It's over regardless. So just knowing that like, all right, cool. How can I salvage the day? Like that slippery slope that I talk about, like getting out of bed and missing, you know, your run, you get up late. It's like, all right, can you drag your ass to the gym and try to you know, salvage the day? At least get a workout in. You missed it. You fucked up everything else. And if not, just understand and accept that hey, that one's over. I'm going to crush it tomorrow. You know, so I'm a bit of an optimist when it comes to that. But I just think that like the psychological effects of letting things build and compound on each other is like, you know, that's that leads to bad habits. So being able to forget, learn from it, but don't dwell on it. Forget what happened yesterday, good and bad, and just focus on the present. And then just know tomorrow's coming and I can do better tomorrow. You are a maestro. You tied it all the way back to the very beginning of being in the present. Like I know how you did that. And I, you, you struck me along the entire time. They called me Tom at West Point, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> perfect. Drew, if people want to reach out, where are they, where are they going? How are they going to connect with you, find you? Yeah. I mean, I'm on, uh, I don't have any social media. I'm on LinkedIn for, you know, business stuff. I can find me at Drew Mavo. If you got any questions, always reach out. I'm pretty responsive on there. Um, other than that, I don't have any like Instagram or Facebook or anything that really been, been my thing, but, um, yeah, I mean, I don't mind talking to anybody, especially guys interested in selection or range school, or all that stuff. But really what I'd love to do is help people getting out of the military. I, mean, I can only share one one perspective and aspect, whether you're transitioning to the reserves or the National Guard or or if you're just you know going cold turkey, it's different for everybody and can be hard. So I mean, I, I love to you know share my my kind of journey on that with anyone interested, um, kind of the do's and don'ts and things I messed up, job interviews I fucked up, or you know, things I did well, um, you know, mentally fucking for stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn and uh, that's about it. <laughs> Drew Mayville the consummate servant leader. Drew, thank you so much for sharing your story, your insights, your vulnerability. Pleasure, man. And, you know, at the end of the day, thank you so much for having our six. It's been an absolute pleasure, brother. Hell yeah. All right, brother. I love you, man. I'll talk to you soon. Love you too. 
Thanks for listening, Sixers. This episode comes to you thanks to the great people over at 10,000. 10,000 makes the best training gear, hands down, across the board. And my favorite are the tactical shorts. The tack line at 10,000 is incredible. Ultra light and durable. The waistband is tough as nails. Zippers never stick. I can't say enough great things about the 10,000 shorts. They come in five and seven inch inseams, depending on how long you like your shorts. And of course, my favorite is OD Green. If you go to 10,000.cc and use the promo code GOTYOUR6, that's got your and the number six at checkout, you'll get 15% off your order. That's 10,000.cc, not .com. Use the promo code GOTYOUR6 for 15% off. Six is running a new segment in a couple episodes and I'm super excited about it. Talking to all these incredible high performers, I've realized we need to stack the wins to achieve massive success. And I want you to know I have your back in these accomplishments. Let me know, go to either Twitter or Instagram, got your six pod with the number six. There's a Google form there. Let me know a win you or somebody else recently experienced and deserves some recognition. I want you to know I'm stacking the wins with you each episode, so we'll give you a little shout out at the end of each episode, just so you know we got your six. I don't know what you've been told, Sixers. But the lawyers would like us to remind you that the views, opinions, and comments expressed on the Got Your Six podcast are solely those of the hosts or guests to include current and previous Department of Defense employees and should in no way be considered the opinions of or endorsements on behalf of the Department of Defense or any of its components, divisions, contractors, or other current and previous staff members.